Welcome to Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. You got some legal things you need to have fixed. You got contracts. It's the off-season for you racers out there. Maybe you're doing something sponsorship-wide. Maybe you're a sponsor, and you're going to sponsor a race team or a racer, and you need some advice, somebody who's done motorcycle sponsorship contracts before, reach out to Alex Asante, Bike911.com. I'm Greg White, Jason Pridmore on the line at some hotel somewhere. Jason, <laughs> yeah. let's stop messing around, okay? Let's get right into it because I want to know, there were a, a, just a ton of racing this weekend, oh but I want God. you to tell me right now, MotoGP or World Superbike, best result of the weekend. We'll talk wow. about it, but just, just, just best tell me. Best result of the weekend. Best result of the weekend, yep. Augusto Fernandez. Wow. All right, fine. You're a dope. I say John McPhee. Did you not watch? Ah, uh, yeah. Three? John McPhee was a great story, wasn't it? I'm uh, thinking. In, I'm thinking though. We're at the end of the year, G Dub. We're talking championships now, and yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to get into it. But that was the worst thing I've. I mean, yeah, we'll get into it. But Augusto Fernandez, you know, struggling away and comes away with the points lead, heading to Valencia in Moto Two when Agura had it in his palm. Your boy, so. Yeah, but I, I definitely agree. The John McPhee story was amazing, and the fact that he came from where he came from on the grid, and uh, and then he but where he came gotta, from I, on the last lap. I mean, holy crap! Last lap. Um, and there's a couple things that are interesting about that deal that has been brought up this week through a lot of other channels on on Twitter and things that that um that we'll get into regarding all that stuff. So yeah, I um Dominica Gerda again. Mm. If you if you are a dad, yes. If you're a dad and you have a son that wants to go racing or daughter, and you could you you can go back and it, it's hard to teach racecraft, but Dominica Gerda is so good right now in Supersport. I only hope that he can be as good in Superbike or at least attain a level that he's happy with, uh, depending on equipment and things like that. But if you go back and you watch the last two years of world super sport and you watch Dominic Agurta, like I've got it down now. I can watch him and I know what he's doing and see what he's doing. And I've seen his trends, you know, but yes. he is so good. So much racecraft. It's amazing to watch that guy. But that's super sport in a nutshell. Don't you think like, I think that the bikes are so evenly balanced and yeah, they all, and he said it, Dominic Agurta said at world Superbike race one podium that all the bikes have their different characteristics. They definitely do. They make the yep. same speed, more or less. That's where I look at it and think, this is where his racecraft really shines. Where if he gets on a piece of equipment that has way more adjustability and has way more margin for error and doesn't do as well, it doesn't diminish the fact that the guy is an unbelievable motorcycle racer. You yep. and I have seen it, Jason. We know people that can go one lap wonder, right? Yep. Jorge Martin. We... Uh, oh, uh, James Randolph, right? <laughs> I mean, there are guys that can do one lap that were always really good. But uh, what I'm saying is one lap wonders. Yeah. You have people that were just fast period. And then you have people that can put it all together and, and have racecraft to boot, you mm -hmm. know? And that's where Gerda is so impressive to me. I mean, the way he played both those races were just, come on, man. Yeah. You know? No. And I mean, he does it every weekend and it's like. I Gerda thought he was Dominic Gerda, apparently. None of those guys have figured it out. Like none of those guys have understood it. Like Baldessari on the last lap of that first race or second race. I mean, literally, you cannot leave a door open. You cannot do it. And he did it. And 
and it cost him. But I mean, there's so much good racing this last weekend and I enjoyed, I was home. So, and it's, it was really kind of nice because on the West coast, you dub, it was great because I could watch the races at, you know, late at night or even into the early morning, like one o'clock in the morning, I could watch all that and then get up the next day and watch all the stuff from Argentina and world Superbikes are only four hours ahead of us there, you know? So there was a, yeah. So I was busy just watching nothing but racing all weekend. It was great. Uh, qualifying night, which would have been what Friday night for us or Saturday night, Saturday night. Yep. Yep. It was actually, it, well, it would have been well, Friday no, night, Friday, Friday night leading yeah. into Saturday. Yeah. I was up till three 30, dude. I, I like, I couldn't even, could not even keep my eyes open. I was laying in bed with my phone and three 30, I think is when the qualifying started. And then oh, I woke God. up, I woke up in the morning with my phone dead. So, <laughs> Yeah, so you was, started to try to watch it and just fell asleep. Huh? I was trying. Actually, yeah. you know what happened was really interesting. Um, I don't know if I should say this on the podcast because I don't want it to come across creepy or anything. But you are I was, creepy. I was playing video games, and then Kayla Yakov jumps on a video game. Yeah, and so then we ended up getting into a party chat and watching like Moto Three, Moto Two qualifying, and she was telling me all about her trip to um to to Portugal, Portugal. and the stuff that went on. And it was it was actually a really nice conversation. And then at two thirty, awesome. she was like, "I I gotta get off." I'm like, "Dude, me too. I gotta go to sleep later." Yeah. But dude, you know what the funniest thing is? When she got on playing, she was playing Moto GP video mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Then I, when you're on Xbox and and you you see your friends online, it t- tells you where they are. Like if they're on the home screen, if they're what game they're playing. She was playing Power Washer Extreme. <laughs> okay. I go. I go. What the, what the what the hell is power washer extreme? Do you literally have a pressure washer? And she's like, <laughs> yes. So I look, I looked, I looked up like the trailer on it and dude, you literally sit there. So it's like a town that apparently like it's Watch called Muck, Muckville or something. No, it was like, it was a, it was like a volcano exploded yeah. and covered the whole town in ash. And so you have to like pressure wash stuff. And it's wow. like, like you pressure wash a motorcycle and it'll tell you, you have to pressure wash the forks. You have to pressure wash the wheels. You know what I mean? Like you have th- certain things you have, like on a on a house or like a, on a, a fire truck. And she was like, dude, it's it's mindless. The problem, Jason, is, is that you can get it if you have the Xpo- Xbox uh, Game Pass, like the mm-hmm. Ultra or whatever it is. And I don't have it. You can't even buy it for like $20 this game because it, it should be like a $20 game. That's funny. And I was like, man, I, I, this looks really fun, actually. Just sitting there oh. watching. watching why, well, think about it watching qualifying but you're killing time by playing a game it's like you don't want to you don't want to be racing or whatever you know yeah but anyway interesting conversations that we had about about racing and what's coming and all that kind of stuff and hopefully this off season we'll get her on the podcast again because it was such a good one i mean obviously we're going to talk about sepang moto gp we're going to talk about argentina world Superbike. yeah as it goes for our awry news i don't have a lot of stuff but let's uh let's go ahead and just do it anyway because you know we got a jingle yeah, just kill it. And that jingle goes a little well. Uh, what you gonna? Are you gonna work? Are you fouling no. this up? What are you doing? No. Sometimes this thing <clears throat> just doesn't work right. Anyway, whatever. I'll fill that in later. It's it's news presented by Arai. Hey, uh, I don't know. You know, Jay. For three generations, Arai's been making some of the world's best helmets, and of course, Arai helmets meet all safety standards, but they also provide themselves pride themselves in a blend of engineering and human craftsmanship that makes an Arai helmet fit better and feel better, which also protects you better. Your head is worth the best. Visit AraiAmericas.com for more information on tech fit 
finish paint jobs ryamericas.com because you owe it to you and don't forget one round go in MotoGP fantasy and the winner of that is gonna win a new awry helmet all right all I have, Jason, is uh, Valentino Rossi is going to attend the final MotoGP of the season to support his friend Peko Bagnaya and his chance to win the world championship. That's pretty much all I That's have. That's what you got. Well, I saw that he's back on a bike, too. Oh, I did see that. Like one of his tribute bikes, an R1? Yeah, he's he's back on an R1. And so it's, you know, he went to Mizano and has his new bike, new suit. And so he's he's happy. So he's I know he's been off car racing and uh, and doing some of that. So... I did see that, that he's back on a bike. That's where I thought you were going when I heard you say Rossi's name. So it's uh, it's good to see him, you know, kind of back on a bike again. Did you see that? It, you know, it's talking the news. I, I saw where Mir looked like he struggled really bad with, like, arm pump or something. Did you see that? Well, he, he said he has no strength. So it's wild. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a bummer for him. I know he crashed late, and I was like, what is going on? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I don't know what, what's going on with Mir. But, you know, at this point – if there's surgery needed, just get it done. I mean, you got a career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You so got to ride the bike at Valencia. Cause obviously Suzuki cleared those guys to ride, mm-hmm. you know, the Hondas that they're going to be on. And yeah, I don't know if I'd want to be them right now. That bike looks pretty hard to ride, but let's get into the, to the results of Sepang. A lot of stuff, g there's just so much stuff to tackle when you look at MotoGP and what it is right now. But Bagnaya came in and can you do me a favor and never use the, this is his first match point. Like what, where, what is all that about? Like I'm hearing this, this was Bagnaya's match first match point to win the championship. And I'm like, really? I don't even know what we don't. Yeah. Tennis well, that's reference. What, I don't know what they're doing, but anyways, they're basically saying that it was the first weekend that he had a shot at winning the championship. And as, as the weekend went, I made a, I made a tweet. It didn't come out right. Cause I didn't, I should have wrote it differently, but basically if you watch qualifying, in in uh, MotoGP or all the weekend, anytime Bagnaya went out, he would come in and he'd have thirty guys around him. Yeah, like, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, just treat it to a race by race. When you see Quattararo come in, he has his guy. He goes, he puts his little headset on, talks to his guy. Maybe a maybe a suspension guy's there, and it just looks like this this thing that Ducati has done, and they've done a tremendous job. Great bikes, great teams that they've got supporting them. Um, they deserve the championship if they win it. But it's like, I felt like they were just putting more pressure on Bagnaya than Bagnaya was putting on himself. You know, his girlfriend's in the, his girlfriend's sitting there. She can't even watch anything. His sister's there. And then, and then everybody else. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, it's, it's a lot. But Bagnaya ends up crashing and qualifying. He gets through Q1, goes to Q2, crashes there, ends up, what did he end up? Ninth on the grid, G-Dub? Yeah, I think I, so. And I mean, what a start. The guy got an absolutely amazing start. And I tell a lot of kids I ride with, like, let's focus on that first 20 or 30 seconds. Because the start is different than, for me anyways, when I look at the start, it gets things going. And that that first 20 seconds of a race can determine kind of everything for you. You get a bad start. You get pushed off the track. You get a great start. You get to the lead. You There's so many things that can happen in the first 20 seconds of the race. And if you watch his first say eight, 10 seconds at that race, he gets the start of his life and then just gets himself up the inside of all those guys and made his race super easy by getting on the tail end right off the bat of Martin. And then it was almost good that Martin was quicker. I felt because it helped pull 
Pecco along and get away from everybody else, you know? 100%. I mean, not only did Pecco get a really good start, but he had excellent position mm-hmm. on the inside. He started from the inside. He didn't really, everybody kind of shimmied over to the left and just kind of left the door open for him. Right. And he said, he said he did take a big risk, you know, on the brakes in turn one. And obviously it paid off. But he also said that in the last test, they did like 23 starts when they, wow. at, the, at the last test. And they had been working really hard on that stuff. And that's the thing. Okay. A race can be won or lost off the start. Now, did Pecco have the outright speed if he had been shuffled back to seventh or eighth? Nah, I think so. But yeah. everything, everything looks the risk you have, all that kind of stuff, you know. And and it's like if you're not good at starts, you got to figure out how to practice them. I mean, it's the old thing like find a drag strip, find a local drag strip, even if it's an eighth mile drag strip or something. People run stuff there all the time. Go find it. Go yep. invest some money in some clutches. Run your race bike. And start practicing starts. Figure something out. Because the one thing we do know, I don't know of a single world champion that I can think of, Jason, that won a world championship and had garbage starts every race. It's a hard one. And and starts, getting bad starts are kind of one of those things, G-Dub, that can start to mentally mess with you, too, if you can't. Like, it's like, how come I can't get this bike off the line? Yeah. And, um, And the Ducatis seem to do that really well. And when you start talking about managing risk... Um, you know, the results of this race, Bagnaia, Bastianini, Quattararo. Let's just talk about these three real quick because I don't know about you, but Anea Bastianini is going to be a major problem next year. Like he's going to be, he's going to be really, really good. It seems like when he's riding and he's following Bagnaia in these last rounds where it's obvious that he's got pace, he is pissed off. He doesn't want to, he wants to go win these races. And I'll tell you right now, there were times where I thought we were, Again, I mean, am I just, am, am I not seeing it? Or did you even a couple few times go like, wow, he's putting himself awful close to Bagnaia in a couple, t- a couple spots. Oh yeah. A couple like, spots. He... And I'm sitting there and I know that's why, what's his name? Jumped out of his seat to go and talk to, you know, um, Chabadi and, and Tardazzi, um, you know, because man, it was, it was, it was sketch. Yeah. But what are they really going to do? I mean, this is the, this is the part where. I am not a fan of onboard like messaging to the riders. Mm-hmm. I, I we don't know that they ever did it. I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure knowing the MotoGP production team, you're the right. director, you're exactly right. They, they would have been it. monitoring that stuff and they would have popped it up for sure. But just the fact that it's available. But you have a pit board as well. But just mm-hmm. that fact, it's like, I, you know, I, listen. When we get to MotoGP fantasy, Jay, you know, I had. Pecco and I told you I moved him to silver last week. Yeah, yeah. I moved him to gold with all confidence because I'm like, there is no shot if Pecco was even in third that any Ducati rider is going to beat him. The only guy that would beat him, in my opinion, would be Jack Miller because at this point he's gone. He's got one race left with Ducati and he's going to KTM and it's like he's got more to prove and 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 you know pad his his resume. But he's also a nice guy and a team player. But so I was like, okay, if Pecco's out front, nobody's passing him. Nobody's going to mess with him, are they? I mean, but if I told you to throw down a hundred bucks right now, was Bassanini, could he have won the race? Could he have, did he have more pace? I felt like he did. I felt like, though, that when he took the lead, that his pace went off. And then it was almost, it's, you know, it's almost like he was in a battle with himself of what should I do? Like, do I take off? Do I win? Do I. You know, like, because let's be fair, 
with Bedzeki coming up and getting close to Quattararo, if Quattararo ends up going back to fourth, the Bastianini's got to let Quattararo through. And I think, I mean, he's got to let Bagnaia through, doesn't he? Yes. I mean, because he wins the championship. Because, boy, it would have been a tr- complete disaster have Ducati let Bastianini win and then Quattararo go to fourth and then they lose the championship in Valencia when they could have wrapped it up where they're wrapping it up. Do I like all these team order things? I don't. It's hard, but it's hard not to, too. As a writer and being a contracted writer in the past, you're, you're writing for the manufacturer. You're trying to win a championship for a manufacturer. So you do what you can to try to help the manufacturer win the championship. But I will tell you this. Had Jack Miller been up behind Bagnaya, we wouldn't have seen some of the franticness that I felt I felt was frantic. Like, like it was just it was just a little bit too close. And I promise you those guys in the red shirts in that in that pit box they were probably in that same that same boat. So um, I think that you asked me a question at the start of this about the ride of the weekend. And I think that, you know, I said Augusto Fernandez because of what it did for him. But, dude, what about Fabio Quattararo? Like, what a legend. The guy is battling all these guys the best he can at a track that it looked like the Yamaha did pretty well. We saw Cal do really well. Morbidelli had pace, which we haven't said all season long. Um, even Darren Bender at the beginning of that race, if you paid attention to it, he was running 12th for probably the first six, eight laps. Yeah. I thought 12th or 11th actually. Yeah. yeah. He was doing really well. So the Yamaha seemed to like Sepang. Um, but, but what do you say about Quadraro? It's a lot of heat to have on you knowing that you've got to finish third. Like you can't slip back. And I guarantee you at one point he was seeing the plus, the plus on his board, continued to go down because Bedzeki was was catching him pretty quickly there and he eventually roached his tire did Bedzeki um but but what do you say about Fabio he breaks a finger the day before and if you watch that crash Ugh. he just stabbed his finger didn't he, he just kind of yeah. like stabbed it and broke it and and um and that's obviously painful glad it wasn't his right hand that would have been a probably would have been championship over if it was right hand but it was his left hand and Man, he put just put up a hell of a fight on Sunday. I just love seeing it. You know what's funny is like everybody I've talked to who has talked to Fabio, because uh-huh. I mean I've talked to him once or twice, but he doesn't know who I am, right? Like it's not like that. But everybody who races I know who talks to him says that he's just a down to earth, really cool guy. But MotoGP tries to build him as such a hero. Did you see the deal? Like they did this video of him walking himself to the medical center. Like Fabio walks the the headline was like fabio brings himself to the clinic the mobile clinic you know what i mean what's he, he was just like do? i know it was like walking through the paddock and yeah, it was like it was like it was a big deal it was almost like one of those it's like people magazine or something i used to used to get that in my house i didn't get it but somebody who i was living with did and there was always a section in there i think it was people it was like they're just like us celebrities are just like us and it would show them like getting a cup of coffee or shopping yep. at the grocery store yeah 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 and, like, yeah and you're like no shit they're just like us yeah and that was like the vibe i got from the fabio thing it was like it's he's just he just walked himself it's like yeah no kidding he walked, to do? and he stopped and he signed autographs he took pictures with people he was clearly hurting but these people were so selfish they're like oh i gotta get a picture with him and he was totally cool yeah, i'm like no, he seems like never like, man and you even know, if you looked at him in the weekend though like he's in his pit box smiling and enjoying himself and it's like you know, I think he even came out this week. He said, you know, it doesn't matter where I finish. I want to enjoy my racing and he wants to have fun. And it's probably easier to say that when you have a world championship under your belt. But the fact is the guy 
he he I mean up until the last four rounds here, he was looking like he was gonna win this championship again and things haven't really panned out and played out. And um yeah, in Ducati world, it, it looks really stressful. But they haven't won a championship since when, thirteen? Two thousand thirteen uh, or eleven or something like that. Who? Ducati? So, Ducati World Championship. Yeah, when was last No, last... wasn't it like oh seven with Stoner? That was a long time ago, I know. So yeah. I'd have to look it up. But the thing is, right, is that is that, you know, I understand the amount of work that Ducati's put in and now now all they need to have really happen is it's gonna be every man for themselves when they get to to uh to Valencia here in a couple of weeks. They want a Ducati to win. Because if a Ducati wins, it means Quattro doesn't win. And so, yeah. So let's go to the next three, four guys. Marco Bezzecchi, great. Riding great, continues to ride great. Alex Renz ends up fifth uh, on the Suzuki. Another guy that continues to put the results in and do the hard work, even with a team. You can really tell there's a connection there with him, with that whole Suzuki family, I guess you could say, right? I mean, it seems yeah. like like he's sad that that's ending the way it's ending. Um Kind of like I'm sad about how your Patriots are doing right this second because Greg and I are doing this podcast late, late Monday You're night. Sad, your Patriots stink. And to to Roger Hayden's Bears, are you wow, serious? Roger's right so now? pumped right now. Roger's thirty-three to so fourteen. Pumped. Thirty-three. Wait, wait, wait. Thirty-three just to fourteen hit, with twenty-five seconds left in the fourth quarter. It's over, Grover. Yeah, I know. I hit Raj up here about two minutes ago. So anyway, um, anyway, sorry yeah, no. everybody. We talked football for three seconds. Three seconds. <laughs> Turn it but off. Jack Miller. How about Jack Miller coming from a long way back? He mm-hmm. kind of salvaged a good weekend. Ended up sixth. Mark Marquez seventh, and Mark Marquez on Saturday. It's Dude, it's incredible, right? Please, it's please. incredible. Absolutely like, freaking incredible. It was nowhere. He latches on the back of somebody. And he gets through Q1 at the last second. And then what he, he was third, right? He ends up third in yeah. qualifying. Yeah, it well, was, he, it's unreal. Yeah. So I had like all these people texting well, me like, Mark's back and blah, blah, blah. And I go, guys, look, okay. He doesn't have the pace to get a good race result. He knows it. I know it. You like, just stop. Okay. He had a, he had a really good, you know, qualifier. I get it, but it's, it's not like that. You well, know what I mean, the thing is though, right. When you got to look at it is the reason I mean, obviously the bike, the bike is holding him back big time. Um, oh. And it's, it's, yeah, I mean, nobody else can ride it, can they? Nobody else can even no. get near what he is doing. And what was really impressive about him in that final in qualifying two was, you know, he's chasing, he's chasing Pecco, isn't he? I mean, he's chasing him, trying to get a good lap. Pecco crashes in turn five and Marquez continues the lap on his own. And it seemed like, Everybody was like, oh, he's going to be second row, maybe third row. And next thing you know, he comes across the line third. Mm-hmm. And even he looked shocked, uh, you know, when they did the interview with him. He's like, I don't really know what I just did. I don't know how I did it. But you could tell over the, the race distance, it's a lot of hard work. I think the neatest thing about that whole deal for me with him is we haven't really heard him complaining about his arm. We heard we haven't heard him. He looks happy on the bike. Like if you watched him, uh, a couple of videos came out after Phillip Island, didn't they, of him? Super pumped on his hundredth podium with his team, and um, dude, he's gonna be he's gonna be a factor next year. Brett Bender, Brett Bender, Zarco ends up ninth. He was never on pace. Aleish had just a horrendous weekend. Ends up tenth. Morbidelli, did you realize that he was the most penalized rider in MotoGP? Did you would you have guessed that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, this year he's the most penalized rider, and he just goes out and rolls around right in front of like guys are on laps in Q. 
two or first one of Q1. I can't remember because I, I watched so much racing this weekend. But he's just rolling around. No, I thought that was in like free practice three that he did that. It could have been or four. Well, I know that I know that it was a problem because Mark Marquez was chasing Bagnaya again, and they had to kind of abort their lap. And then Bagnaya was it that when, was it that session that he crashed in the right where Quadraro? It's all running together for me. But they yeah they 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 you know give Franco a double long lap penalty. Then he goes up the inside of Leish on the last you know, last lap of the race and bumps into him and gets another penalty. That one to me wasn't worth calling out, but whatever. Um, Kyle Crutchlow, 12th. I mean, that's that's pretty good, I think. That's really good. I He's mean, right, he was amazing. He, didn't he lead the wet session, Cal? Yeah. Like, yeah, he led like free practice two or free practice three. I mean, free practice two, I think it was. Pretty, yeah. I mean, yeah, insane. Free practice two, the wet session. All right. Unreal. Cal, Cal's... Still got it, baby. Oliveira, Paul Spargo, who I think uh, crashed three times. Your boy, you had him in Skip's pool, didn't you, Oliveira? You thought you were you were hoping for rain. Yeah, I was hoping for rain because I put Marquez on my team, and then I had Bedzeki, I think. And then I was pretty, here's why I don't. Yeah, so Oliveira ends up thirteenth. He said he had no tire. Paul fourteenth, who's just yeah, and and then Raul Fernandez. And if you saw Alex Marquez's interview this weekend, I mean, how about Maverick Vinales sixteenth? The guy is just like. He's he's streaky. He's either he's up or down, and he's it's done really so well weird. at Sepang in the past. And he just got smoked by you know his teammate was nine seconds up the road, and Aleish had a horrendous weekend. Yeah, that so, was a, that was a write off weekend. And Alex, but, Marquez, but did you see that Aleish? You see the Aleish came out though after the fact and said how proud he is of what Aprilia has accomplished. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we yeah. don't have it right now to, to to contest the championship. And I'm like, dude, that I thought was class. You know, he's yeah. staying around with Aprilia. He's the oldest guy now in the paddock. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think it's cool. No, it's great, and they they made they made a big step this year. You kind of feel though that if there was the year that he was going to win the championship, it's this one. I don't think. I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. It, it, listen, it really depends. I mean, now is when we start talking about twenty twenty three, right? Like you you got to the the thing about Mark Marquez. If we go back to him for a second, is the best news. He just has to stay healthy for Valencia. He's yeah. got nothing on the line other than one more race win to add. And it's not important. Like, like if I'm hot, if I'm HRC, I'm going like Mark. Please, I know you want to win. Valencia might not be the place. Might be the place. Stay healthy because we need you for winter testing in the worst way. This will be yeah. the first time I think in three years. Wow, that Mark is going to be healthy through all of winter testing. I mean, at least we think he is. Now you have Mir coming on who doesn't know the bike. You have Rins coming on who doesn't know the bike. And so Mark now his role becomes more important. You have, um, I, I think uh, Nakagami there too, right? And yeah, but is I'm like, isn't he hurt? I don't know. Like he's he's still injured, isn't he? Nakagami. Yes. Yep. So I'm yep. not sure that he's going to be a benefit. You know, I don't know. I, I was sorry, I, I delayed because I'm thinking. Wait, have I heard if he's coming back to Jerez? But so Mark's role is going to be more important than ever as his teammates try to get up to speed and then they start to get their information together because 2023 is already set in motion. Honda's already, you know, been on the development trail. Mark has mentioned it. We've seen parts come out, all that kind of stuff. That's going to be key. What's going to happen with Aprilia? What do they have coming down the pipe? That's going to make a difference. But Jay, if you look at it and this is what's happened again, as soon as Aprilia lost their concessions, where had the results gone? Got a little bit bad. I think some of it though, 
man, when they do these flyaways and they're week and weekend, week out, like just the schedule is so jammed. That's what's so crazy about them going to more races too, is it just doesn't give these teams, if they have a really bad weekend, I mean, you got to remember they have a lot of resources, but man, they get limited when you go back to back to back and they're flyaways and you get a little bit of a bad weekend and you lose some of your resources or whatever. I mean, I can't imagine the money that is spent on guys flying back to wherever they have to go to pick up more stuff um, and then fly off to the races, you know, like, like between these two, between Phillip Island, even in, in Sepang. I mean, I'm sure there were guys flying back to wherever they had to get to and then flying back over to Australia, right. To, yeah. for stuff because it's still going to be the quickest way to do it so it's just it the schedule puts a lot of stress and on these teams and yeah so let's talk real quick about jorge martin i mean when you look at what he did g-dub on saturday again first rider to ever break the minute 38 barrier goes or uh, 58 i think he went 57 7 and just obliterated it in qualifying just looked so good doing it and in the race you know, I, I really, I kind of picked him to win the race. It looked like he was pretty comfortable out front, but it was weird that we'd not seen another rider really crash in that fast left-hander that he did it in. And yeah. he said he got in there a little inside, maybe ran over some bumps. But did you hear what he said, how much faster he was? No. said he was 1K faster. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all it takes. That Yeah, that's, that's all it takes now in GP. 1K I used, faster. Mm. I used to laugh because I used to tell the students when I used to do big schools, I'd say, if you go into that corner every lap at a hundred mile an hour, how fast do you have to go into it where, where it will feel like you can't even make it. And everybody would look at me. I'm like hey, 101. Cause when your <laughs> yeah. brain gets so used to doing a hundred that one mile an extra, uh, one mile an hour extra can just do your head in a little bit. And uh, I was bummed for him. I was bummed for Luca Marini. That's the first race he hasn't finished. And his Jeep MotoGP career, that was through no fault of his own. I think his bike broke. But, you know, we're going into Valencia. It's going to be an interesting weekend there. Um, you know, last year there were so many stories in Valencia because you had Valentino retiring. You had uh, Danilo Petrucci pre- retiring from MotoGP. There was a lot of sentimental stuff going on there. And mm-hmm. I think this year it's going to be more about, you know, we don't have a lot of Moto2 riders moving up. We've only we have got one one rookie next year. Yeah, we got a uh, you know uh Fernandez, right? Augusto Fernandez is mm-hmm. coming up on the on the gas gas bike. And it's it's so you know the Valencia's gonna seem like another race. I all I just feel like now the pressure is is off of Peco a little bit because the Fabio has to win and then he has to rely on bad luck. Who won last year, do you remember? Who won at Valencia? Um I remember Horte, didn't Jorge Martin get on the podium? I remember that. He did. He did. did it was an all Ducati podium. It was Pecco, Martin, Jack Miller. Mir oh. was fourth. Fabio was five point four seconds back. Got it. Okay. Right on a and then Ducati Mir that's it, now better. Mir won it a couple of years ago, didn't he? Because he won it, and it wasn't. That's when Valencia. They had two races back to back at Valencia, and I remember Mir winning the in first twenty week. in twenty twenty. Whatever year it was that that uh, Mir COVID won the year. championship, yeah, I think that yeah, was twenty twenty. That That's the only MotoGP win he's had, and then yeah, so you was know, it, it's, was it it's the? Well, it must have been the Grand Prix of Europa that must have been at Valencia. Yeah, Mir, Mir won that. It was Suzuki won too. It was Mir Rins, and okay. then Pole, and then and then 
Guess who won the second Valencia race in 2020? 2020, the second one. Um, don't know that one. Morbidelli. That's right. That's Morbidelli, right. Miller, and Paul Spargaro on the KTM. Yeah, that's wild. So, so, what, so I mean, what are we at? We're at a twenty. Is it a twenty-three point lead? It's yes. a twenty-three point lead. So, yeah. yeah. So, Pecco basically, you know, I mean, barring those one, two, three, four positions, he's just got to finish ahead of Fabio by two spots, right? Yeah. Unless it's unless it's a, a win in second place, but you know, if you look at last year's results, which are probably the closest you're going to get to this year, because tires have changed and all that kind of stuff, bikes have changed a little bit. You got to you got to give the nod to Pecco if he's got a clean weekend. But Jay, that's the thing: the psychological. 23 points can go with you or it can go against you, right? Because <laughs> really can it, it's the worst. I think it's worse when you are like Fabio's in, in the catbird seat, in my opinion, he can throw the kitchen sink at it. And if he chucks her down the road, he's still second place. It's no big deal. Yeah. Pecco, especially what you're saying, if Ducati keeps crowding him and, and all this pressures on him and the family flew all the way there because just in case, and the, the t-shirts are going around, right. And all this crap and Pecco, hasn't been the best under pressure. I mean, he had a great win. He'd have his to crash. weekend wasn't great. He had two crashes, you know, this yeah. weekend. The weekend before wasn't great. So it's like, you know, we've seen him out front and crash before. I mean, he's definitely made a step, but you're like, dude, I agree with you. Just like let Pecco run a regular race weekend. It, you should it just be- seems like so much over management, but that's just looking at it from our perspective. Yeah, now, yeah, we, we're not How there. many we riders are on the grid each week? 22? 24. Is there 24 this year? Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm going, there well, be, yeah. there's eight Ducatis. Eight Ducatis of 20. I mean, so worst it's case. A, it's, eight, just, it's eight against one, basically, right? Yeah, but I'm saying that is. worst case, if Pecco's having a nightmare, there's seven guys that can pull over. 100%. It's so weird. But I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope, hope Pecco goes out, puts a good ride in. Look, Yamaha has been in this position before, obviously, with Valentino and Nikki, where, you know, Rossi slid off. Nikki wins the championship. If Pecco gets cleaned out, taken out, slides off, doesn't the bike is too damaged. The thing is, it's still going to be hard. It's still going to be hard for Quattararo to win. Yeah, I think both the Suzuki's are going to go really well there. Um, they're going to be a problem. Mark Marquez, he's he's the same. He'll be hard to beat. And then you got all these Ducatis. Mark Martin is Martin's going to get that win sooner or later. It's going to happen. Yeah. So um, all right, let's. Move forward, G-Dub, into a race that I wish, well, mm. I'm glad there was no sort of live camera on me during the Moto2 race. My mom was sitting next to me during this race. It was 1130 at night, midnight, and I'm explaining to her what's going on about the championship between Augusto Fernandez and, and Ayagura. And, you know, she loves Ayagura because Greg loves Ayagura. So she's, you know, she, she pays attention. She knows what's going on, right? Yeah, And my mom says to me, this is what my mom says to me. I'm not kidding you. She goes, Jason, does it seem like he's trying too hard? <laughs> this is my mom, my 83-year-old mom, right? Everybody and, could see it. Everybody, and I'm saying. But I. I Yeah, but I. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, with two rounds to go, if you remember what happened at Phillip Island, Augusto Fernandez fell off while Agura was back there rolling around in 14th. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. But when I watched that race. I didn't think Augusto Fernandez did anything wrong. He looked like he was just cruising behind Acosta. There was no way they were catching Alonso Lopez. Augusto Fernandez looked like he was literally chilling. Did you you saw his accident, right? Yeah. And 
it came out this week. It came out later that he said that he went in there, rolled off the throttle, same place. Um, tip and speed was the exact same as every other lap. There was, it wasn't faster or slower. It was like the same. And the front end was gone. It was, and it's exactly what it looked like. With Agura this weekend, when his rival has already given him those points, there's no way that you cannot tell me they didn't go into that race thinking, okay, we've got to beat this guy. We've got to, if we can stay ahead of him, great. Any position ahead of Augusto Fernandez is great, right, Greg? Any position. Any position. And I'm watching this race and I'm like, obviously, Arbolino had a lot of pace. Agura had a lot of pace. And I'm going, the next guys are 11 seconds back. They're way back. Like, take your second. Like, if he goes on and makes that pass and wins, we'd be praising about what a great job he did. I don't know if I would because I was thinking about how I would address this in the podcast. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to my mom, I, this guy's going to crash. Like, I don't even understand it. He Greg, almost never, did. He almost did a couple times during the race anyway. I didn't get to watch the last half of the lap because I was screaming. So I was so mad. Not, not, yeah, no, no. But I mean, like he almost he he ran off the track. Yeah, with what? Like the, a, you know, he ran yeah, off he, or whatever he, with. A, and then he a, reeled him back in, right? He reeled him back in. He caught a false neutral. He caught a false neutral going into turn one, and that's okay. And then he reeled him back in. But he but he lost the front a couple. Like you know, if I don't I don't listen with the commentary on. I listen mm-hmm. to ambient noise, so I'm really yep. watching. And he yep. lost the front a couple of times. And yeah. I was like, uh, the, you yeah. know, like if you, if you get a couple hints, look, it's, it's, it's nice for us to talk post about, you know, what was going through eyes head. And it's, it's his first situation that he's ever been in. It's a learning experience. I'm giving the guy a pass, but for the love of God, I can't even second do it. Place, man. Yeah. But you I got can't greedy. even do that. It's you so, got greedy it's and, so and, dumb. But the thing was, dude, is like, you know, you hear, oh, he took a lunge. That was a freaking lunge. I mean, he was two bike lengths back at least. And he was too tight. And he's and what do we always see in slow corners? It's crashing. And it's slow. like, when I saw him going, I'm like, whoa. Like, he is coming from a long way back. That's why he had so much space between him and Arvalino, because he was going straight to the apex of the turn. And I'm sitting there thinking, I, the math has already been done. He's going to have like a, I forget what he was going to have. He was going to have like a 15-point lead or four, 13 and a half point lead or something going into Valencia where you sit there and you go, well, 13 and a half points isn't a lot, is it? I mean, he still have to finish fourth. No, if, if what's his name wins, but that's a much better position to be in than nine points down, knowing that now you have to go win. And Fernandez has to be the one that finishes fourth or, for, or further back. It's and your team. Like the, what I don't understand is you've got to be thinking about that stuff when you're out there. And it was literally one of the worst things. I, I was trying to think of what I have seen that's worse than that. And I can't think of anything. And I'm sure you would tell me something. Oh, I, I, oh no, I can think of something, but I don't want to, I, I hate to throw him under the bus, but what comes to mind was last race of the year. I hate to do this to my boy Zemke, but the past is the past. Okay. But Jake did he was, do it too? I don't remember. Oh my God. But he did it. Dude, if you remember... This was during the time when when we were still given point for most laps led and point for pole position. Okay. Jake and Miguel in Formula Extreme when they were 600s, it was the last race of the year at Road Atlanta, and they were going back and forth. I mean, back and forth. And they both had the same amount of wins, the same wow. amount of second. Like, it was 
it literally went from lap to lap. Like Jake would lead and it was like, Jake now wins the championship. And then Miguel would lead and Miguel won the championship. And it was like the last lap or two laps to go or something like that. And Zemke just didn't break into turn one. Oh, didn't do it. And I mean, just launched the shit out of that. The crashed his brains out. And you were like, what did you just do? Oh, what did you do? And I hate to bust his balls about it because yeah, it's but, just the way Greg, it is. I will tell you something about that, though, that's a little different. Yeah, that was it. It was but it. It's But it's a little bit different. He's racing the guy that he has to beat right. in the there last was, race of the there year. Was no, exactly. That's this what I'm saying. This is a situation where you got a Grand Prix left. You, you've been given a gift the weekend before. A gift. Augusto Fernandez crashing. And, and, you, and you go, well, why, why didn't that upset me? It didn't upset me because it didn't look like he did anything wrong. It, Augusto Fernandez was following Acosta. It didn't mm-hmm. look like Augusto Fernandez was like, I mean, there was no way he was catching the leader. Lonzo Lopez was gone, even with a ride-through penalty in Australia. And so you sit there and you go, okay, he's with Acosta. Acosta's his teammate. They're getting away from everybody else. And then next thing you know, next thing you know, he's on the deck. And he looked absolutely perplexed by it. And then, but this one was, you could see a rider almost riding frantic. It was almost like he had to win this race to win the championship. And I, I'm really disappointed. I'm bummed for Agura on one hand. I don't feel sorry for him. People will be like, oh, that's not very nice. No, I'm not. I don't feel sorry for him because he made poor decisions in that race where, yeah, I, where you've done, you think how long this year is. This year is so long and you can go into the final race of the year and, with a nice little cushion and he didn't. Arbolino rode amazing. He wins the race over Alonzo Lopez who, in turn, beat Jake Dixon, um, who Dixon and Gusto Fernandez, man, wow. Like, they were going at each other, and Dixon was not going to have any of it. That guy's actually impressed me a lot this year, Greg. Manuel, Manuel Gonzalez, who was riding World Supersport just last year, he ends up fifth and rode amazing himself. He's been re-signed by that VR46 Master Camp team for next year. Schroeder, who's on his way out, ends up sixth. Cameron looked like he was right on the back of Schroeder the whole time. Poor Cam. He got caught up in that that crap that happened at the very beginning of the race between who was it Acosta and Somcat Chant- Chantra. Um, yeah, Cameron. turn two, turn oh. two uh, melee. Yeah, he went all the way back to sixteenth, and you see how quick he carved back through people. Mm-hmm. So Cam did a nice job, seventh for him. Kanet, Alcoba, Fermin Aldegar, Salich, Dalaporta, Albert Arenas, Bo Ben Schneider, and Hada rounded out top fifteen. SDK he ended up finishing eighteenth. G Dub. Um, yep. so we got another track under the bell and man, it just seems that Joe Roberts doesn't have much luck these days. His bike broke. It, I, they said that, that his bike ran out of gas at Phillip Island. So, Oh, really? That's, that's what happened. Yeah, hey, by the way, I, d- I do want to comment Lynn Jarvis, who obviously is the head of Yamaha, you know, he commented after, you know, there's two points difference in MotoGP, right? He commented that anything can happen, and he pointed to what happened in 2006 with between Nikki and, and Valentino, where Yamaha ended up getting the short end of the stick, and Nikki ended up winning. If you remember, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously Nikki gets taken out the race before it looked like all hope was lost. I, I the reason I bring it up, Jay, is because right now, if you go to MotoGP's homepage, yeah, it's the fourth item down, the third video down. They reposted Valencia 2006 the race that offers Yamaha hope. And it was about Nikki winning the championship. There's no Nikki in it, but there they talked to it's, it's a new video okay. and they talked to his crew chief. Who's now working, uh, I think for a VDS team, like in moto two. And they talked to his mechanics, which are all spread out in the paddock. 
And, and if you just listen to what they have to say about Nick and how Nick was like, he said to the team, good things happen to good people. You know, you guys have nothing to worry about. I'm going to win this race. And if you remember back, Nick was in a position, I think he was racing Caparossi and he was in a position to win the race and then Valentino crashed and they gave him the pit board thirds. Okay. And so he won that race though. Uh, Tony, Tony did. No, right? no. Oh, oh, was that um, Troy Bayless? It's the best day. Bayless had just won the Bayless. World Superbike Championship and then yep. wins Camel? the final MotoGP race. No, on a Ducati. Oh, Ducati. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was there for that one too, and and it was like, yeah, it was pretty sick. It was like Bayless just rode amazing and ends up winning that race, final one of the year. Well, watch it in the convenience of your own dark hotel room because you might, you might get a tear or two. You know yeah, I mean? I'm sure I will. Anytime. Yeah, of course. Moto the 3 G-Dub. Yeah, please. Moto 3. Oh Holy shnikes. <laughs> what can you say? You're right. This guy put in a right. He's another candidate for writer of the weekend. John McPhee <sighs> ends up, I mean, he's just had a horrendous time too. And he's had a horrendous, you know, a lot of injuries, lost his ride, so on and so forth. Well, Battles- lost his ride. He aged out. He's aged out. So, oh, did he age out? Is that yeah, he's was? aged out. He's, oh, 28, he's twenty-eight. So, so he can't return to Moto Three. He's done. Got it. Well, and he's got nothing, and 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 it's just a great story that he's able to come back and win. Um, he hasn't had any results really to show at all this year um, because of the injuries. And I think was was it this year or last year that he that he hurt himself early in the year? I thought it was I, last year, but I think they it was last year. Like it was, it, it was some amazing stuff. I don't even think he's been on the box since. 2020 or 2019 well, he, did something to, he did something to his back and so he, yeah. they weren't allowing him to ride and all that so anyways mcphee ends up winning the race but you almost got it, it listen if you are listening to our podcast and you don't watch moto three you owe it to yourself <laughs> to watch it because it is so good mcphee barely beats his teammate to the line after sasaki um went up underneath him in the last corner and john kind of with you know, uh, Sasaki gets in there just a little deep, and John's able to turn it underneath him, and and ends up Sasaki second. So for Staragall or Husqvarna, Max uh, Max Biaggi's team, they end up first and second. Garcia ends up third. Masia Marrera, uh, Faggio ends up sixth, which is just bizarre. He was zero point three seconds behind and finishes sixth. Halgado, Yamanaka, Ortola. Dennis Anchu was he was he was on his way forward for a while. I thought he was going to be, um, you know, he was going to be there, but something must have happened to him. Artigas, Guevara, uh, Bartolini, uh, Andrea Mino, and Fernandez round out the field. I mean, the last lap, last corner thing was pretty good, uh, and I was. But it was the fact that a couple corners before that, he goes up the inside and he went from fifth to first place like yeah. that. That was like so insane. But if you watch that race, see, here's the thing. I knew the results by the time I watched the race. So oh, I did. was I was watching McPhee the entire race. You probably watched it live, right? I did. Yeah. So, like, if you watch that race, McPhee was close to the group. So there were seven, a gap to about by about one second. Then McPhee and um, oh, what's his name? He ended up crashing out of that group. So McPhee couldn't he couldn't get there. He like he yeah. couldn't get there. Yeah. And I'm watching it and I'm going, how the how the F does this guy win this race? Yeah. And he gets close. And then those guys stop dicing and they pull away from him. Then he gets close again because they dice up. Then this guy falls off. That guy yeah. falls off. Another guy falls off. Now, all of a sudden, the group is down to like five. And he's on the back of the group. Yep. And then 
last lap, it was like it was like you and Spees at Daytona in 750 Supersport. It was almost like these guys couldn't decide who wanted to be where and do what. And McPhee just goes right up the inside and takes the lead. And then, like you're saying, that last lap, last corner pass, he makes the big lunge, passes his teammate back, and wins the race. And you're just like, what, 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 what happened? Yeah, insane. What? He hasn't had yeah. – he had, he had, last race win for him was was – was 2020 okay for McPhee? Was it the last one he won? Wow, was it was in 2020? And if you remember, he actually had I can't remember, he had one start in Moto 2 in 2021. So he gets he gets four podiums in 2020, then he does nothing in 2021 on the Honda. Oh, he gets a third position. Sorry, he gets a third position. Yep. So with John McPhee, that's only I think his fourth victory yep. of his uh, of his career. Of his career. Yeah. yeah. It was great, man. I, I, I was I'm pumped for him. him. He seems yeah. like a super dude. His chick was crying. She should have been. They're yeah. getting married. You know what I mean? Fiance, it's like, right? yeah. dude, it's one thing. A fiance, yeah. It's like one thing when, you, when you're marrying a loser, but then you marry a winner, dude. Really? <laughs> no, it's good. And, <laughs> you know, the things that have come out about that and about riders like him not having a ride and about guys having to pay for rides. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about that online and, uh, it's just the state of where we're at right now. And you know what, Jay? It's so you, funny because I've seen people criticize Moto America lately. You know, on social media, people shitting all over like, oh, yeah. It's like, dude, this is the way of the world. How many people well, in Moto 2 get paid to ride, Jay? I think it's four. I don't I don't know. And I think I, it's I wouldn't four. be able to guess. And what they get paid is nothing, really. I mean, Mm-mm. when you find out what guys are earning over there now, it's discouraging. But I don't know how to I don't know how to fix it. And for a lot of the people that bitch about riders having to pay for rides. Look, when you're up and coming and you're going and you're trying to move forward, you could do it one of two ways. You load everything in your truck and trailer or your van or whatever, and you drive across the country and you do it on your own. That costs money. Or you pay somebody else to take care of all that and it costs money. That's just the way it is. Um, But I do know that when we get to a certain spot, when you look at a John McPhee, even if John McPhee could make a living or try to not bring money, he wouldn't have been on anybody's shopping list before this race. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So it's, it, it, this this thing kind of started up because, you know, everybody's like, oh, McPhee, he doesn't have a ride next year. Look, he's winning Moto3. Yeah, but he hasn't been able to show his talent or his skills lately because he's been hurt a lot. So there's 10 other guys that you probably would have paid if you had the money to pay them instead of McPhee. And and so that's it's a, it's a rebuild. But would love to see him in Moto2, maybe World Supersport, you know, maybe, uh, you know, that would be a good spot for him. By the way, did you see Stefano Nepa's crash at the beginning where he high-sided and the whole field kind of missed him? Yeah. Yeah. It turns out he broke tib-fib. Sounds uh. like he broke his tib in a couple spots. But nobody ran him over, and he was good. And that was that was the main thing. But Moto2, MotoGP, Moto3, headed to Valencia in a week or so's time. Yeah, not next weekend, the weekend after. The weekend after. God, this weekend coming up, Jay, we got fun. no racing. Well, no road know. racing. No road racing. Well, yeah, okay, got right. it. Right? Well, Is we'll, I mean, BSB yeah. done, or do they have BSB's done? Bradley Way, Ray won that championship, and that'll definitely be a championship. I, you know, I follow. I tried to follow it more this year, and um, my boy Andy sent me videos of of different things of the races, and I got on MotorsportsTV.com. I paid. I don't even know what I paid, but I paid paid something, and I can get the races on there now. But I just gotta go back and watch them because I didn't get a chance to, but. Bradley Ray looks like he's trying to shop around for World Superbike Ride, and um, yeah, so interesting. Wait, what? 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 What month is this? This is October, right? 
Yeah, we're in October. Okay. BSB Why? does or uh, Australian Superbike doesn't get going until November eighteenth through the twentieth. I guess okay. that's the world that's the world superbike event, right? Got it. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, and then they go November twenty fifth through the twenty seventh. Wait a second. How can Australia race during our Thanksgiving? Well, they're they're racing this year, yep. And then they go turn around and go right back there like two and a half months later, which is wild. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's uh, it's you know. But speaking of World Superbike, Gita, where were they this week? They were it, uh, all over the place in terms of the world. <laughs> they were in Argentina, and we yeah. had uh, three superbike races. The first one was won by, hold on, just wait for it, Alvaro Batista on his very fast Ducati. Johnny Ray was second, Bassani was third, Licawona was fourth. He had a great ride there. Then Rinaldi, Lowe's, Redding, Locatelli. Vierge, uh, Vandemark in 10th, Mayas, Fores, Gerloff in 13th, Laverty in 14th place. The first independent rider was Bassani. Then we moved over to the Super Pole race, the short race, 10 lapper. Razgatliagba wins that by six tenths of a second over Bautista. Johnny Ray was two tenths off Bautista. That was encouraging for the short race. Rinaldi Lowe's in fifth place, Likawona, Bassani, Vierge, Vaz in ninth, Locatelli, Vandemark, Fore, Gerloff in 13th again. As we move over to the final race, it was Bautista winning another one. Razgatlioglu in second. Johnny Ray, who had to fight with a really good-looking Alex Lowe's. Uh, at least early on, Lowe's was fighting for it. But, oof, man, the frustrations that both those riders have with that Ducati, yikes. Rinaldi ends up in fifth spot. Vierge, Licawona, Locatelli, Redding, Vandemark. And in 11th place, got to give a handout, Eugene Laverty. First yeah. independent rider. He gets Pretty to go good. to the podium. Loved it. Yeah, in his second or whatever, third to last race of his career as he's moving on to management with the Bonovo Action BMW team where the guy he beat, Garrett Gerloff, in 12th is going to be going next year. Then Forez, Odal, uh, Maez, Nazani, and Baz in 17th place. All right, Jay. Um, Five-second margin of victory in race one for Bautista. A 3.3 second, by the way, you called it like to the one-tenth of a second, <laughs> which I was impressed. Jason well, and I were watching it together, actually, when it when it happened. And Jason was like, he's going to win by five. I'm like, nah, this is when Bautista was in like fifth place, by the way. He's going to pass everybody, win by five. I go, now nah, he'll win by nine. But he rolled out of it to win by five. He well, I it. it was funny because I was texting you. And what's awesome is I was texting Steve English, too. Steve's great because you can text him. While you were commentating? Because he, he's yelled yeah. at me and said, I can't yeah. do it he anymore. Like, but, he, but he likes me. Yeah, he don't that's like a good you. Point. So good point. The, the thing is, is that I said, you know, when Bautista was running in third, I'm like, he's going to pass both these guys. He's going to win by five seconds. And I didn't realize that he'd won by five seconds. And then, like, Steve English went, like, pretty good prediction there. Like, five seconds <laughs> is what it was. And, you know, when the thing is, is that when you look at it, it's so predictable. And I'll tell you the thing that I'm most frustrated with, with the whole thing. Why doesn't Batista just come out and go, yeah, my bike's faster down the straights. Nobody's taking anything away from you winning. You're riding great, right? But to keep on with the whole, his latest, I saw a quote that he said about if, if it's because of my size and weight, why didn't, why didn't Danny Pedrosa win a world championship or win more? And I sit there and I go, well, there's a number of reasons for that, okay? There's a number of reasons for that. Casey Stoner, Valentino Rossi, blah, 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 blah. Go down the list, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that we're in a different world now. This Ducati has got such a huge speed advantage over the rest of the bikes that just go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and say, 
Hey, Ducati would love for you to come out and say my ultra fast Ducati. Yeah, dude, I get Ducati to everything else. Yeah. And Ducatis, if you want to buy a fast bike, this is the one you got to be on. Don't don't keep stepping around it and making it seem like nobody's bashing you for winning the championship. But if they come out and say, well, you're you're on an, they got a great rider on an extremely fast bike that is so much faster than everybody else's. Like and it is. And you cannot continue to ride the way that Top Rack does and the way that Johnny does, trying to keep up lap after lap after lap after lap. Johnny in the Super Bowl race ends up making a mistake going down in turn one because he caught a false neutral because he's on the absolute limit and he's got to shift through neutral. I don't know if you saw his interview afterwards, but um, they were talking, he was talking about that would be something that he would like to have fixed for next year is to not be able to have to go through neutral. Right. Oh, they have a normal gearbox. I didn't know. They have a normal gearbox gearbox on that bike. So, Hmm. and it's like, you know, the, the question was basically asked to him, like, is it writer error? Was it a mechanical error? And Johnny handled it perfect. He's like, well, it's kind of neither. I'm writing on my absolute limit and I've got to go through neutral. And so sometimes that, that can happen, right? It just literally can happen. So that'll be a, a point where next year Kawasaki can hopefully address it and make that better for him. You saw top rack crash, which we never usually see, but he lost the front um, early well, in well, race hold, one. Hold on. He didn't just lose the front. I mean, he, 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 Iogura lunged. Well, yeah, lunged. no doubt, but that's what he's got to do. They, yeah, they got to do that, that to get it. ahead and, of Bautista. And he said that post-race. He's like, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't let that guy get away in the fast bike, so I had to do something. And now it's something. over for me in the championship, but at least I know I went down trying. Well, yeah, know, because but, you, yeah. it's a thousand percent right. Like, the thing is, is that they have to ride that way because of the disadvantage when they're gaining. And, and, and I was going back and forth with Steve after the race, kind of talking to him. Because I basically said, you know, and it, he was talking about Batista's race pace and how good it was. I'm like, I agree, 100%. Race pace is amazing. But when you're gaining three tenths per straightaway, it's that's 0.6 of a second. That 0.6 of a second is what Top Rack and Johnny are doing already. And they're actually going faster than that just to try to keep Batista in sight. But, you know, you can look at it with, you know, you can look at it with uh, the Honda's fast too. The Ducatis and the Honda's are the like right now the fastest in a straight line. I think the BMW is close, but when they're off on a weekend, they are way off BMW is, aren't they? Um, but, you know, anyhow, the thing is, is that if you're on a Yamaha or you're on a Cowie and you you get stuck behind a Ducati or even a Honda, it's extremely difficult to pass. Extremely. So, you know, that that championship to me is amazing. It's really good. I, I love seeing Batista win, uh, Top Rec. I, I like, I thought the second race on Sunday was really good. Um, Rinaldi led for a bit. Alex was there and some of that, but it's just, it's, it's too hard for those guys to sustain it over and over. Yeah. It kind of, when I'm watching, I'm just like, ugh. being a bigger dude on a stock bike back in the day, you mm-hmm. know, I just get blown by or when I race boxer cup and race against, uh, what's his name? Cooper. We used to call him mini Cooper. Guy yeah. Like Richard a, Cooper. Yeah. Richard Cooper. I mean, you get frustrated, especially when you know you're faster than someone in the corners or you have a better braking motorcycle or something like or whatever. that. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Or whatever right. it is. And and that's the that's the hardest thing. It's like part of me says, I don't want the bikes balanced. I don't. I want the manufacturers to go out there, but we do live in a world where the bikes are balanced. And this is a case where they're not doing enough to balance the Ducati. There's no question. And they're not gonna they're not gonna 
And, and when you look at the price point between the two bikes, come they come bone stock. Yeah. You look at the price point between an R1 and a Johnny Ducati. said that today. Oh, 17000 versus a $40,000 motorcycle. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I have a trouble with is it's like Ducati's done a great job building a great bike. Um, are they going to take – look, the thing I hate is when they go, well – this bike does that better because of the suspension package or because of the chassis or because of the swing arm at the end of the day, G-Dub, it all comes back to horsepower, right? It all comes back to horsepower. It does. You need to have a bike that's fast. If you don't have a fast bike, your bike, Hey, great handling bikes are usually pretty friggin' slow. <laughs> now, now, now look, look, Bautista definitely has a bit of an advantage. Yeah. Okay. Because of his size without question, he's got two advantages. He's got weight and he's got small frame so he can get behind the bubble. Yep. Race one, I'm just looking at race one. The, the max speed for Bautista is 319.5K. Yep. Johnny Ray is 11K slower at 308.6. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, yep. go to the second rider. Okay. You go to, cause, because you're saying, well, Bautista's got, all right. So if I go to Rinaldi, he's at 314.9. So 319 to 314. So 5K difference. But, if you look at Ray again, 308. If yep. you look at Lowe's, 308.6. Exactly yep. the same fastest top speed as Johnny Ray. You yep. go down to Razgatlioglu, and he's at 311. So he's still 8K down. And yeah, he's sti- right? Yeah. He's still 3K down on a smaller Rinaldi, because Razgatlioglu's tall. So yep. the shoulders get out in the wind a little bit more. But still, the, the, the problem is, is that because we are balancing, World Superbike has the answer. They do have the answer. Now super concessions are in, whatever the hell, blah, blah, blah. But they have the answer. Give them more RPM and see yeah. what happens. But yeah. instead, they're not doing anything. And Bautista has ridden this championship. He hasn't choked. Like no, he he's did. done a great job. He's done an he's done excellent job. I don't want to take it away from him. No. But if you look race to race, the product, which is entertainment, which is racing, has suffered because the Ducati is that much faster and it gets off the corner that much better. I just, I just, the, the biggest thing I have a problem with is just the fact that in the past we said the same thing about Johnny winning. And, you know, and when you look at somebody like him, you know, he, he was the best rider and he had the best bike and that's what it is. And I don't think that if you, if you sat there and go, well, if you swap top rack for Alvaro, what would happen? You know, if you swapped, Alvaro for Johnny or, you know, all those different things. I feel like anybody right now, Alvaro this year, what he's done, what he's done really well, he's started to just be able to use that bike to his advantage. He realizes now Uh that he can, he can ride the bike through the corners as fast as he needs to. But how many, honestly, honest to God, how many times did you see Batista pass anybody breaking this weekend? I don't, not one. I didn't see one. I don't recall one. And it probably would have, it probably definitely would have stood out. What have stood out? You, you didn't. I, there wasn't one time where Batista has to go by somebody under the brakes. And I think the thing that makes him look silly to me is the fact that he's defending that people are bitching about his bike being slow. Ducati's coming out and bitching about people bitching about their bike being too nah, fast. You got to like, lean into it, dude. Lean into it. Like, you know come I mean? on, man. Like, just it's just it's no, it's listen, just funny. Listen, top top speed isn't everything. Okay, we know that. I mean, yep. the HRC bikes are are three fourteen, three thirteen k. Breading was 314K. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm just looking at, you know, even Pisani, who's on the independent Ducati, he was only 310. He was only 
not even 2K faster than what Ray was top speed. But you could also right. see Bassani suffering, and you could see that when there was one shot when when Ray was right or Lowe's was right behind Bassani onto a straightaway, and Bassani got maybe two bike lengths away from him. Right, right. Where Bautista would just go do 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 wow, and you're like, just hey, go, it's well, he was coming out of that turn, going onto that straightaway there, five six bike lengths behind those guys, and they were moving over to the left, drafting each other, and he's just going right by him again. Right by it's him, like, passing him halfway down the straightaway, yeah. and he was do? still so far out in front they couldn't attack him into the next corner. Like, yeah. what are they supposed to do? And, and, and so, I don't have a problem with that because, you know, tip of the cap to Ducati, V4, they've really taken advantage of it. If you the, look they've at, done a great job. The bike is yeah. amazing. And it's the only yeah. V4 in the field, like the Ducati, right? Like, if you look at MotoGP, you're like, okay, well, you have the Honda, you have the... Um, KTM, like, you know, the, the Aprilia, but in world Superbike it's different. Right. So, you know, you have the CBR 1000 inline four ZX 10 BMW, Yamaha R1, blah, 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 blah. So the quite now, the thing to look forward to Jason, that, that really Scott smart and, and the people that do the rules is this new Ducati that's coming out, this new Pentagalli, you know, V4 that's, that's already built in Superbike trim is going yep. to be an absolute missile. Yeah, it is. It is. It's going to be it's a, missile. a missile for the street. I mean, you put a pipe on it's two hundred forty horsepower, bro. It's insane. Two hundred forty horsepower. It comes. It comes two oh seven in the states, but then yep. you get the same exhaust. The rest of it's like two fourteen, I think, around the world. Two oh seven in the states. You put the competition exhaust on it. I don't even think you have to flash it. I think the computer is already built to to put the. It's an Akrapovich pipe. Boom. Yep. Done, son, buddy. And Done, one of the, and from what I understand, one of those is going to come here. It's going to land. Right? Oh, yeah. There'll be yeah. a brand new race Ducati in the U.S. for that, you know, whatever team, the Warhorse, HSBK, blah, blah, whatever they call themselves next year. Yeah. If they yeah. go racing. I mean, who knows? You know, they'll, they'll be racing. But anyway, really good stuff in World Superbike. Kind of predictable, like you're saying, Jason. Like, it's just not, you know, it's They're not going to three. Indonesia next, and it could be a little bit closer, and it could be mm. this or that. But I tell you, the thing that's going to be impressive is you watch. Those guys, I think, well, they were just there too. And I'm trying to remember what the lap times were for MotoGP. I think they were like minute 30. I don't even think they were going that fast, you know, because of the way the race needed to to be ran. They were like maybe high 29s or 30s. And, but he still do that on this bike. You think he'll so? Be going, he'll be going 30s. Oh, yeah. $1. No, because he was doing it before. I'll, put you, I'll bet you $1. Yeah, thanks. In 19, he was going, he was like doing those times. He is going to smoke those guys at Phillip Island. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no question about it. No question about it. Anybody gets close to him at Phillip Island, I will raise a glass to. So, yeah. yeah. He's got an 82 point lead in his championship, and there are what, Jay? 25, 25, and 12. So, 62 points, right? Yeah. So, 100 and. Four points? Uh, 124 points available? Yeah. Is that yep. correct? Yep. No, he's... 50, this last weekend, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this so, last weekend really helped him a lot, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. So whatever, 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 62 times two is 12. Yeah. 125 I, points left in this championship, which brings us over to World Supersport, and we talked about Dominic Agurta and what an unbelievable ride he had. He won both races. His championship now is at 72 points, so I think... He could wrap it up, you know, next weekend like Bautista could the next time they race, which is in a couple weekends. Uh, but the racing that Agurta put on was unbelievable. I mean, he 
was kind of back in race number one and he just kind of shuffled his way to the front. And then it, it, it's just like, if he's, it's if he, so fun to watch him. If he's close, he's going for it no matter what. And he's it's like a shark controlled. in the water, isn't he? hundred percent. It's like a shark in the water. Like, you yeah. know, the guy's going to attack you. And it's like, like my man. heart really broke for, for Rafa De Rosa, who oh. led like almost the entire race on yep. that Pentagali V2. I, he was just like, I, I just could see it. He was a sitting duck, sitting duck. And then he fell in the second race, which was a shame. And, you know, I felt bad for Baldessari. Baldessari seems like a great guy. And he leads with two corners to go. And I'll tell you, man, when you got two corners to go and you've got a guy like Agura, I mean, uh, uh, Agurda behind you, or you have a Johnny Ray or a top rack behind you and you're leading with two corners to go, you better, hey, man, make them right around the outside of you. Make them do that. You cannot leave any doors open and, Balda did that just a little bit, and it's like, hmm. and that was all it took. And and Agurda got up underneath him, and Balda got on the dirty part of the track and couldn't turn, and he didn't even finish second. He ends up third, which was even more heartbreaking. But, um, but yeah, the, both those championships. Um, well, I think what's I think he can wrap that up. Um, I think Agurda can wrap that that up in in Indonesia. If you're interested in watching good racecraft. Then the go back and watch some of the world super sport races. If you hadn't seen him, that's the guy. He, that is the guy. guy. He is. Guy. He's been really good to watch. And I'm excited that he's getting the shot on a world Superbike. I'm excited for him. And, and um, yeah, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Well, Jason, we don't have any racing to speak of next week. So we're going to, we'll figure something out. What's your schedule heading into next week? I I'm, I'm headed out to, uh, I'm headed out to the truck wall this week. So oh. I'm going to be out there for the week. Um, doing some one-on-ones on Wednesday and Thursday, which will be a blast. Looking forward to that. And then uh, races on the weekend. Oh, so you'll be home. You'll be traveling November. Like, you'll leave on November 1st. I'll leave uh, on... No, Sunday night, I'll probably jam from the races. Sunday night and be home. Halloween's Monday, but I got some stuff on that Monday I got to handle. Because then I go straight back out there. Um, I go straight back out there, like, Friday for for SoCal Track Day event. Okay. And then um, we'll have to, a guest. We'll figure out a guest of somebody to talk to next week that we can yeah, talk to. Yeah. And I, um, I, uh, you know, I qualify today, GW, I'm down South. I'm way down South right now. And I'm down here. I was trying to qualify for a big tournament this next week. And the actual finals of that, um, I was lucky enough to qualify. So the finals of that are on the seventh and the eighth. So I go to Chuckwalla like on the fifth and the sixth to teach. Mm-hmm. And then the seventh and the eighth, um, I play in the finals of this tournament. So yeah, it's, it's, and then, then, man, then before you know it, you know, Thanksgiving's here. And then, yeah. you know, there's just, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, so, you and I will be together on the 15th. That's right. At that's Button right. Willow. So I will bring out my gear and we could actually, at the racetrack, do the do podcast. That would be fun. Sitting face to face. That'd be fun because there'd probably be some people that would be, you know, interesting to have out there. Yeah, just jump in or whatever. To. It'll be chill. I mean, with it, the day is really chill um, that we're going to be doing out there. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll be able to be great. We'll talk about that as we get closer. Why Greg and I are going to be out there. So mm-hmm. we'll get on board with that one. And um, other than that, G-Dub, I, the fantasy this week, um, what do we uh, got? We got one. I'm going to let you do it. It's not in our rundown. And I got to call Rusty. No, it's in, it's in our me. rundown. I just forgot to talk about it. Um, so MotoGP fantasy. Look, I, dude, I scored 125 points and I got, I got no movement at all. Yeah. So I had, I had Peco gold and i had jorge martin right so i got like 48 points from peco but then martin only got me 15 because he wadded up i have ducati then i had jack miller 
and I had I had Bedzeki. So Miller kind of he didn't make it out of Q1, so that was that thing. And Bedzeki, you know, as silver got me ten points there. So I thought I had a good run at it, but I didn't really. I stayed exactly the same. But let's take a look to see. We have one round left, and wait, that can't be right. Oh, that's MotoGP official in the world. I was like, wait a second. MR77 Racing from Italy leads the entire world with no turbos left. How many, you got any turbos left? No, I'm out. All right. So WSMC champ is leading by yeah. 11.5 points no over way. Hay, over Hay MF. What does MF stand for? Uh, My father? N- no, I think um, <laughs> Mugello fan, maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah. It's hard to say. Um, um, Rusty, if Rusty's... I'm never, I got to call him because he's been calling me rusty. He's a, so he's part of the three WSMC champs. Will you lean into your microphone? You dumbass. I'm just sitting back. My ankle's killing me. All right. So I am, I'm buddies with the guy leading. I owe him a phone call. I'm going to take grief. The only good thing about it is that my Eagles beat his Cowboys. So I won't have to take (laughs) that much grief. Because I'll just be able to use that as a card. But 11 and a half points. That's it. How'd you do? All right. Hold on. Let me explain the situation. Three WSMC champs who still leads the way scored 137 points. Yeah. Oh, my God. AMF scored 189. Wow. In first place with 139 is in third place. So slow to stoked is back there. All right. So in first place and third as a, was 1,966. AMF has 1,998. Uh, three WSMC champs is 2,009.5. Now. The one thing I will say, all three of those teams have one turbo <laughs> oh left. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, but yeah. let's see let's see what we're looking at here, Jay, because you have three SMC champs has Enea Bastianini, Peco Bagnaya, Ducati, Miller, and Jorge. So you can make mm. two you can make two trades. Okay. Oh my god. That got yeah. them 125 and a, or 137. Hey MF has Fabio Peco. And they, he turboed Pecco. So he got Turbo. 34 from Fabio, 96 from Pecco, 38 and a half for Ducati. He had Mark Marquez, which gave him 10 and a half. And he has Bedzecki, who gave him 10. So again, two trades allowed. In in last place has Jack Miller, Pecco, Mark, and Anaya Vascianini. Now, had he switched Anaya for Jack Miller, he only would have gotten one extra point. Anaya got actually... 29 points miller actually ended up getting 28 points so even though q1 with miller but the the amount he advanced through the field you know what i mean so it's i think it's going to come down to the wire here this is going to be yeah, really good pretty good be pretty good you see rogers in 14th yeah rogers in fourth. jp and greg hold hands we yeah. know that i know who that is too <laughs> yeah you know who that is yeah and uh did you see who's in 23rd Dude, you're 24th. 24th, yeah. Oh, antimicrobial. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> antimicrobial. So there's That's a, I would say, good. just just at a glance, Jay, I would say probably half the top 25 still have a turbo left. Dude, my boy Fight Club, he's back there. How about Simon's up to 32nd? Wow. So my goal at this point, I finished second in this pool last year. I had a really rough, kind of right around a quarter of the season. Had a bit of a rough patch there, but my goal is top. If I can get into the top twenty this year, I'd be happy. I think links. What are you at right now? Top. If you can get 24. top where? Oh yeah, you're there, dude. You did top good. 20, top twenty. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm twenty two points out of twentieth place. I'm not sure who links forty six is. I think it's Dougie Lincoln. 
but I can't be for sure because he said he's right behind Simon. <laughs> you think Link's 46 is not Lincoln? Dougie, well, he was, he's always signing up under, he always has like VR in his thing. You know, he's always, oh, that's a good maybe point. he's just, maybe he's just going. Yeah, he is super Rossi fan. Is he, is he going to, is he going to, is he going to so. get in a rowboat and, and row himself over to Valencia? Cause he knows where Rossi's going to be. He's coming weekend? out here. He's coming out to California. Mm. Dougie's coming out here. I'm pumped. December. He's coming out. Tyler Olmstead's back there in 45th. I'm just kind of going through it to see who's going to be making fun of me because everybody does. I truly stunk at this this year. Oh, yeah. If you if you want to you go to the Grace Garage pod with Jason Pridmore and MotoGP oh. Fantasy. It's fantasy.motogp.com. Go to the search bar under our Fantasy League and just type in JP, and it'll tell you the story. Of course, oh. it comes up with 18th place JP and Greg hold hands. Beat JP 43 and 2, 14th JP hey. himself in 241st position. And I moved up. I moved you, up, and my guy that I turbo didn't even finish. We got two extra. We got two extra players though in there. So we have 346 that are playing this year. It's great. And we're so happy you are. Anyway, it's yeah, great. Thanks. I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad that, you so. brought up. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up fantasy before we bailed out. Yeah. Well, we're out. So Greg and I. It is late Monday night. G Dub is up. It's what is it? Five after twelve. Five after midnight where you are. It is so. G-Dub's got some editing to do. This podcast is going to get out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody uh, has a good week. When you go to Chuck Walla, if you are there this week, make sure to ask Simon if he's drug his knee yet because I don't know if it's going to happen, <laughs> but we'll see. You know, And uh, give Cole a lot of trouble about not going on road trips with us or bailing on us at last minute. So you Simon. guys got your work cut out. Is, is, if those guys come up to me and say it, they got bitched at because one's not dragging a knee and the other one's flaky. Mm. I'll be I'll be wearing a smile on my face the whole weekend. Simon, if you do drag your knee, please take out a Sharpie and sign that <laughs> knee puck. I want it. Take a video. Take it. Yeah, well, take Get, a video. You should have yeah. six GoPros all pointed toward your knee at this point. Well, David made it very apparent to me last week that he is the one that drew dicks. Yes, everybody. My friend David drew dicks on Simon's knee puck so that Simon would try to drag his knee. And they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> Years later, they're still there. <laughs> He still got dicks on the knee. Oh, God. Good times. Good times. Yep. We're... Thanks, everybody, for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, everybody take care. We'll see you uh, next week. Not sure what we're going to talk about, but it'll be fun. Later.